Good morning, everybody. This is Attorney Dylan Greenwood. This is Attorney Harold Eustache. Here at Greenwood Law, and uh, this is For the Record with Greenwood Law, uh, again this Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us out there. And you know, holiday season is, is definitely upon us, and today we're going to be talking about uh, different crimes and stuff uh, that are larceny and theft related. Uh, we definitely see an uptick of these types of crimes around the holiday. You know, you've been a prosecutor. Uh, you've seen that directly, haven't mm -hmm. you? Around the holidays, unfortunately, people are, uh, you know, have the demand of trying to get gifts and other stuff. So there's an uptick in burglaries. There's an uptick in breaking and entering. There's an uptick in retail shoplifting and larcenies. And uh, so it's something that um, the retailers are hyper hyper vigilant about, and it's just kind of an issue that we all have to deal with. So one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to lay out a scenario and kind of go through the yeah. different types of uh, crimes that can happen in that scenario to, to give you all some insight into just how quickly these sorts of things can spiral. And uh, some would say spiral out of control with just the amount of charges and how everything mm -hmm. can stack up because North Carolina courts are pretty clear on it that it, you can be charged with uh, multiple crimes uh, yeah. with this that each kind of individual step of the whole operation or scheme or whatever can be individually charged and it doesn't violate something called double jeopardy right and the, the way the statutes are written there's different elements in these various different theft crimes that allow for them to be you know a person to be charged with lots of them with one transaction right so, so in our scenario we've got these two thieves uh, who get together around the holiday time and uh, they come up with a plan and their plan is to um, go to these different houses in a really nice neighborhood but they, they want to know what they're up against so they get one of them to dress up as a police officer and go door to door and talk to the people at the homes uh, look to see what kind of security systems that may have whether or not they're going to be out of town uh, that sort of thing so um, Harold, so far, what what's going on there? So, as far as what they could be charged with just there, and a lot of people would think maybe nothing, but impersonating a police officer um, is certainly a crime in North Carolina, so that, that would be one. And two, they could just be, be charged with conspiracy um, because they're two people conspiring to commit a crime and they've taken some sort of affirmative step in, in doing that. So, both of those things could be charged. So after they case the houses, they go, um, in the following days, they go to each house while the people are away, maybe they're mm -hmm. at work or they're on vacation and they break into the homes and steal items from each one of these homes. So when that happens, what crimes could be charged? So when, when they break into the home and they enter, um, it's breaking and entering could be charged and then larceny after breaking and entering. Um, and depending on what they take, they could also be charged with felony larceny. Um, and so the difference between larceny after breaking and entering and felony larceny is that um, larceny after breaking and entering is just the taking essentially the elements of lar larceny, but it can be any item in that residence that's taken after a B&E, a B &E, um, breaking and entering and felony larceny can be any type of larceny um, where the value of the item is over a thousand dollars. And that's one of the ways that you can get to felony larceny. In fact, mm -hmm. that's kind of a um, thing that I think some people get surprised about mm -hmm. with uh, larceny. 
Uh, you know, a lot of people think if, let's say you steal a car, they think that there's like a larceny of a motor vehicle. Uh, there's no larceny of a motor vehicle statute. It's felony larceny, mm -hmm. and there's a good chance that as long as that car isn't some beat up piece of junk, that it's probably going to be valued at over a thousand dollars. Right. And because it's valued at over a thousand dollars, then all of a sudden you get to that felony larceny range. So a lot of times it comes down to the value or what the particular item is. So the fact that you know, let's say it's a firearm, mm -hmm. you know, larceny of firearms always a felony. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, it just kind of depends. But you know, so far these people have impersonated an officer. They've conspired to commit all these crimes. They've uh, done a breaking and entering. Now, that type of breaking and entering would that be a misdemeanor or would that be a felony? Because there's both, aren't there? There is both, but this would be a felony um, breaking and entering because they are committing a felony after after breaking and entering. So um, they're breaking and entering into a house with the plan to do something else um, and commit another crime, essentially. Um, so there are two different kinds of breaking and entering. Uh, misdemeanor breaking and entering would be just, just the breaking and entering without some other commission of some other crime afterward. Mm -hmm. And and so once they do this, they you know there's one house in particular on the street that mm -hmm. they're just like this is this is their white whale mm -hmm. um, that they want to knock over, but they can't go there during the day. They're thwarted every time that they try to go during the day, um, and so they decide to go at night and to try to break into the house um, to take jewelry and all the other nice things that are in the home. Um, but they end up finding that somebody is there. Uh, there's an 11 year old there, mm -hmm. uh, home alone. <laughs> uh, so what have they committed in that point? At that point, it goes from, instead of being breaking and entering, it goes to uh, burglary, and it, it would particularly be first degree burglary because somebody is there. In North Carolina, if you do all the, do, you know, go and break and enter in somebody's house with the intent to commit some other crime, uh, at, at night, it becomes a burglary, which has a you know different penalty. It's a higher uh, crime, and if somebody is there, it's a first degree burglary, which is a very serious crime. Um, and so that that's kind of how that's parsed out uh, in North Carolina. And yeah. the the at night thing isn't necessarily defined as a certain time in North Carolina, but it's just kind of considered after the sun sets. Mm -hmm. um, is when uh, nighttime is considered. So that could range, obviously, at different times depending on the time of year. Right, which makes sense because, you know, 9 o'clock at night around Christmas is very dark, whereas 9 o'clock in the middle of summer, June, July, mm -hmm. you know, it, it might be a little bit dark, yeah. uh, but it's not full-on black and night. Mm -hmm. uh, so that it definitely makes a difference. Uh, and then, you know, these guys, as they continued along, they, they left a calling card, didn't they? Didn't they? <laughs> they left the water on in each house. Yeah. <laughs> so what would happen? That's a crime too, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, that would be injury to real property, <laughs> right. I think. So obviously, y'all, we've been describing Harry and Mar from Home Alone. Uh, they've you know committed a litany of crimes. And you know, it's it's funny as you know you watch a lot of holiday movies. There's a lot of crimes that are committed mm -hmm. <laughs> in holiday and Christmas movies, and that was just one that was low-hanging fruit for what we were trying to talk about today. Uh, but a lot of people experience uh, 
theft related issues um, and charges with theft uh, by being in a retail store and that can vary uh, it can vary from a low-level shoplift all the way up to a misdemeanor larceny and it can even go beyond that to felony larcenies uh, depending upon whether or not uh, the value of the items in question were over a thousand dollars or whether or not there was a security device that was tampered with in trying to uh, steal that item or take it away but how do we get to these different levels Harold? So I think it's important for us to just really you know North Carolina we have especially for retail we have larceny and we have shoplifting and you know I think without knowing the details you would think oh they're probably about the same thing but there's some important differences between them um, that we're going to talk about so larceny has seven elements and they are taking personal property that's in the possession of another and it's been carried away without consent um, and with the intent to deprive the possessor of it permanently while knowing that he or she is not entitled to it now that's a mouthful essentially it's stealing all right um, that's the but easy way, but it's a lot it to is, that. It is, and it's, yeah. it's in a way, it's a low threshold in mm -hmm. some ways. Because, you know, Harold, let's say that you owned, that this was your Greenwood Law mug. Right. And, you know, I'm sitting here and I go, gosh, you know, I really, I like this mug. Um, and I just, I want to take it. I don't, I'm not going to offer you money for it or anything. Mm -hmm. And I grab the mug and I move it. I've got it in my possession. It's no longer in your possession. And I've taken it and I put it down on the table. I move from one table to the other because I've said, you know what? I don't want to take this from Harold. I want to actually, you know, I've, I've thought differently of it. In that instance, I've potentially just committed a larceny. That's right. Even though I've, all I've done is move it two feet, three feet away. For that instance that I decided that I was going to dispossess you of the item permanently, make it my own, make an action to do so, then all of a sudden I've committed a larceny. That's right. And the courts have determined that even just a small movement of an item um, with the intent to permanently deprive can be the larceny. And a lot of times what happens is, you know, somebody's committing a crime, they're taking you know, an air conditioning unit out of a window and they just they just move it and the officer sees them and whoop whoop they get caught right there moving it two inches. Well even that small movement is enough to say, you know, you you had the intent to permanently right. deprive. And the classic uh, case that gets talked about is uh, somebody breaks into a home and they grab an item and they make it to the window and mm -hmm. they leave it they leave it there in the home, never left the home. But because you know it was moved from where it was supposed to be, right next to the window, then the larceny had occurred. Right. Now, an important difference between larceny and shoplifting, especially for the holidays, is that larceny, there's an intent to permanently deprive. So that, you know, the state has to prove that you had that intent. So a lot of times um, in the retail context, uh, larceny isn't charged until a person leaves the last point of sale. Um, and so, like if you're at Walmart and you sort of get past those, uh, those cashier, those registers, and you get into that area right where you're about to go into the parking lot, a lot of times you'll, you'll get um, 
talked to by a loss prevention officer at that point. Now, shoplifting doesn't have that intent element. Shoplifting is simply, you know, taking an item, concealing it on your person while you're in a retail store, while you're still in the store. Um, so let's go through the elements or, you know, you conceal merchandise of a store without authority, without having purchased the merchandise while still on the premises. So think about the difference there. Essentially, shoplifting is if you take an item, you know, this cup or this pen, and you conceal it, as you said, and you're still in the store, that's the crime, right? So it doesn't matter, and you didn't purchase it, that's the crime. So it doesn't matter if you intended to or not. Um, it makes it a different sort of uh, crime. And again, both of those, because they're different elements, they both can be charged separately, even though they're typically not charged separately. If you're just joining us here on Greenwood Law, Dylan Greenwood, and we've got Harold Eustache with us here on For the Record talking about uh, theft-related crimes here in and around the holidays that we see in North Carolina, because we definitely see an uptick of that type of crime that occurs. And Harold, you've seen some pretty interesting examples of that in your time as a DA and as a defense attorney. Yeah, I, when I, I would say larceny charges um, or larceny cases are uh, in district court, the cases that you have the most trials on um, outside of DWIs. Um, and one in particular I can remember uh, when I was on the DA side was a, uh, a larceny at Walmart by an employee, which typically um, would be charged as a felony, but in this instance, it was charged as a misdemeanor. The employee um, took a can of Pringles, um, went to the back, I believe opened it, um, and then decided against it for some reason and then brought it back and put the can of Pringles back. Um, that employee was fired and subsequently prosecuted for the misdemeanor larceny. It kind of goes back to that example of just mm -hmm. moving it and then putting it back. And now when you put something back that doesn't discount the larceny that already happened. Um, so that person was prosecuted and the issue at trial was, you know, just that. Did they have the intent to permanently deprive? They were uh, eventually convicted of it and of course, um, I think at that time, as far as sentencing, we tried to give them the most uh, lenient sentence possible, right. considering it was a can of Pringles. And, and there's um, some initial leniency because technically that could have been uh, right. prosecuted and charged as a felony. Right. And there's some other um, some other types of larcenies that are felonies too, aren't there? There are. So, you know, we've mentioned uh, larceny uh, of a gun. We've mentioned, you know, larceny by something in excess of value of $1,000. Uh, larceny, um, again, of a motor vehicle doesn't exist, but typically a motor vehicle is mm -hmm. um, high enough in value that it gets over that threshold. Larceny by um, uh Cutting or tampering with a security device is an automatic felony. Larceny by employee should technically be an automatic mm -hmm. felony, but I think given the value in that case, maybe right. some consideration was taken. But in that, in the elements for that crime in North Carolina, there's no necessarily there's no value consideration. It's no. anything that's taken by the employee. Right. Um, and then you also have this really. Um, interesting uh, larceny that's larceny by a trick, don't you, Harold? Yes, you do, and that's, like we were saying earlier, that's like a bar question um, a lot of times, but it's a, it, it goes around um, deceit uh, and so forth. An example of that would be a car lot gives a person permission to test drive a vehicle and they take it. And you say, you know, hey, I'm just taking this vehicle just to, you know, 
just a test driver, but instead of that, you do something else. And so you get, you sort of trick the person into consenting to give you the item, and instead of um, just doing what you agreed to do, you do something else and permanently deprive them of that. Mm -hmm. um, another one is, so let me ask you this, Dylan, if somebody, you know, let's say they go to, go to Walmart again, we're using Walmart, and they um, pick something up off the shelf and they go to return it. What, and they get something of value for it. What is that? Well, that uh, is an interesting question because then all of a sudden, in the process of taking the item, you've, so the initial grabbing of the item, and let's say you put it uh, under a coat or in a purse or whatever, that's a concealment. Mm -hmm. Separate crime. Typically, North Carolina follows the point of sale doctrine, even though that's not mm -hmm. you know, codified law or anything like that. We typically look at it, and once you get past that last point of sale, then all of a sudden you have shown enough intent to permanently deprive that all of a sudden it becomes a larceny. Separate crime. And so depending upon the value, if it was under $1,000, so let's say it's a couple of Blu-ray discs, um, you're probably going to be under that $1,000 threshold. And let's say you make it out. No one catches you. Okay, so you've already committed two crimes, a class three concealment of goods and then a class one misdemeanor larceny. They say, gosh, you know what? I don't know uh, if I really need the DVDs. I could really use the cash. And you go back to Walmart or you go back to Target or somewhere else and you try to return the item for money then what you have done is committed a felony for obtaining property by false pretenses. Because if you're misrepresenting some fact about the past, present, or future, and so obviously you're misrepresenting a fact about the past because you're representing to the store that you actually legitimately bought the item, and then you're using that relationship that they're relying upon to then give you something of value, money, mm -hmm. and you take that money, and you've obtained that property under such false pretenses that in North Carolina we've deemed that as a felony. And it doesn't matter whether the value of that is in excess of $1,000. It doesn't matter if it's a 50 cent piece of gum. If you've done it in that way, it's a felony. Wow. And so all of a sudden, you know, that it becomes uh, a much more serious issue. Unfortunately, during this time though here, we see some people who commit these crimes over and over again. We do, and, and um, that can be charged as a habitual larceny. So if you've got four prior convictions, be they felony larcenies or any type of larceny, statute says, on that fifth time you're charged, you can be charged with habitual larceny, um, which uh, is something that um, judges really look down upon and prosecutors do too, and typically there is jail time involved with that type of charge because at that point you would probably have been on probation multiple times uh, previously and that may not be seen as a way to, uh, as a uh, adequate punishment. And a lot of times when somebody commits these larcenies over and over, um, they, they catch the attention of these employees of like Target and Walmart that are called loss prevention officers. And these are folks that are uh, employees of Target and Walmart, they're generally in plain clothes. They generally are, uh, they look like the regular shopper at Walmart and Target, and their job is to watch the cameras and walk around these stores 
and essentially catch people um, in shoplifting and larceny type situations. Um, a lot of times what they do, they have sophisticated camera systems at these stores and they can target people that look suspicious you know, prior to even uh, them stealing something, but they can look at them and then they'll send somebody personally around that the person won't even notice that mm -hmm. they're being watched and they'll watch them all the way past the point of sale and then contact them right after the point of sale. Oh yeah, um, if, if you've ever seen the the sophistication of the system that they have, it, it looks is. like the Death Star. It does. I mean, it. you know, they've got to have the ability to cover every inch of that store and you think of how big a Walmart is, think of how big a Target is, how big a grocery store is, you know, all of that you know, all of a sudden you got some um, a sophisticated system to try to catch these individuals doing it because, you know, from their perspective, it's worth more to invest in a system like that and try to prosecute it than to lose the money out of the things that get stolen. Right. Um, and so you, we typically see a, a few loss prevention officers working together, mm -hmm. one that's watching the cameras, queuing in on somebody that's uh, exhibiting suspicious activity and then oftentimes they'll send somebody that's plain clothes down on the floor, try to watch them and surveil them in the act to see if they can see it, not just on the camera, but them personally as right. well. So they can testify to it later. Right. And, and I can tell you that these, you know, these loss prevention officers, they testify as much as real officers. I mean, these guys are in court a lot, they testify a lot. Um, so they understand what you know, they need to prove or need to show in order to win these sorts of cases. And a lot of times even um, they have uh, people that habitually commit larcenies, they have lists of people that are sort of banned from Walmart. Oh yeah. Um, and they can, you know, these cameras, they will see that person and they will, you know, key in on a person that's been banned. Yeah, because oftentimes if somebody's found guilty of a larceny, one of the conditions as a part of the judgment is that you're banned from that store. That's right. what a judge will um, levy in their final judgment on the case and if you violate that then all of a sudden that's a trespass if you come back on the property uh, in addition to mm -hmm. a potential larceny and it's not just a low-level trespass it's the upper-level trespass that's the class one right. misdemeanor version of it and then if you commit a larceny then that's another class one misdemeanor and you know that's what we talk to people all the time you know class one misdemeanor is just two levels below being a felony that's a, it's a serious charge. I mean, the, the maximum amount of time that you could face in jail is 120 days, and it happens. Oh, I mean, I would say, you know, of any charge that's a class one that you would see people actually getting active time in custody for, larceny is it. Because a lot of times, if you've got a previous larceny or there's some other issue where you know, generally when you have that um, trespass plus the larceny, that means you have, you have a previous one. You know, judges a lot of times are inclined to put that person in custody to, um, to kind of stop that behavior. And sometimes, you know, there's another felony that just came to mind that is charged sometimes, and that's organized retail theft. And that's one where uh, sometimes people uh, go around to different Walmarts or Targets or different mm -hmm. um, places, and they'll and and they'll catch law enforcement, the, the ear of law enforcement by doing that, and they're charged with a specific felony for you know, going around to different um, places and doing it in an organized way. 
Well, and this isn't just larceny that can stack up. Concealment of goods can also stack. Yeah. If you get a second one within, I think it's three years, uh, then all of a sudden it jumps from a class three to a class two misdemeanor and a required stint in jail. Mm -hmm. And then if you have three within a five-year period, then all of a sudden that jumps to a class one misdemeanor with a required stint of 11 days in jail. Um, there are some ways to potentially get around that, but generally speaking, that's a, requ a requirement. Right. Um, so, you know, again, these things can stack uh, pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, larceny and shoplift and all that stuff, it's something that uh, prosecutors do look at. They uh, take serious. It doesn't matter if you try to go back and pay for the item, typically. Um, it can be a sign of good faith, you know, when somebody like the two of us have to get involved and then all of a sudden we're trying to uh, work something out for that individual on the case. Um, and there are diversionary programs for mm -hmm. those people. If you're a first time offender of a larceny or a shoplift, then a lot of times, uh, especially if the value of the item is able to be paid back, uh, people are willing to work with you a little bit on it. Uh, it's not a guarantee. Uh, but typically speaking, um, that can happen to try to avoid some really harsh consequences because a lot of people, and I know I think of one person in particular every time this time of the year, she got in a hard spot, had a car accident, had a lot of bad things happen at one time, and she just wanted to give her child a good Christmas. Yep. And she had a very weak moment and committed a larceny. And it was all Christmas-related type stuff. And it happens, and um, it's unfortunate when it does. But um, you know, we're certainly there to help. But it uh, is something that can definitely be taken care of. Because this really is the type of charge where you know you do need counsel um, on this. If you're charged with a larceny or shoplift, it is in your best interest to to have an attorney. Yeah, if it shows up on your record, that's something that employers do not right. like to see. Right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this Sunday here on WTOB as we discuss all these issues surrounding uh, theft and larceny here in North Carolina. Um, and we'd ask you to join us next uh, Sunday again here on WTOB uh, for For the Record with Greenwood Law as we discuss uh, another series about DWIs. And it's gonna be a two-part series this time. And next Sunday, we're gonna be discussing everything that leads up to a traffic stop with a law enforcement officer when uh, someone's under suspicion of DWI. And then in the second part of the series, where are we gonna be talking about, Harold? We're talking about uh, probable cause and how, um, whether or not an officer has the ability to arrest somebody after DWI and all that stuff that happens there. But before we go, um, don't forget the Greenwood Law Bill of Rights. First, I will not represent myself in a court of law. Two, uh, I will not do law enforcement's job for them. Three, I will not make statements when stopped by law enforcement. Four, I will not consent to searches when asked by law enforcement. And uh, five, I will not be my own star witness for the prosecution. Remember everyone that it's not a crime to know your rights uh, and assert them, stay informed, stay safe. This is For the Record with Greenwood Law signing off.